0: Hello, you're listening to Arts Talk Radio, and I'm Michael Hasted. We bring you regular news, reviews and interviews relating to all aspects of the arts in Holland, concentrating on events in Amsterdam, The Hague, Rotterdam and the surrounding areas.
1: Arts Talk Radio Online Features on the Arts in English.
0: Two contrasting items this week. I was in Delft to talk to a Dutch opera singer who's taken on the role of festival director. And I attend an art performance in Rotterdam which brought together architects and a gallery owner. <laughs> Thomas Olemans travels the world singing in the greatest opera houses and concert halls. He's currently back in his native Netherlands, where he's director of this year's Delft Chamber Music Festival. Hello. Hi, good afternoon. (laughs) Right, can we start off? Perhaps you could tell me a little bit about the festival.
2: Well, it's a festival which obviously has been there for years and years already and has been always led by fantastic violinists, Isabel van Keulen, who founded it, and then Lisa Verschtman. And she wanted one year of sabbatical and then asked uh, if I would be interested, the board asked. And so for me, it was a great chance to jump on this train or in this existing format and to have this wonderful Van der Mandelezaal and the wonderful locations here in Delft. During ten days, in which I can just uh, enjoy myself, basically in putting all the, my favorite chamber music pieces as much as I can, and find a, a line in it, obviously in the programming, and invite a lot of inspiring musicians who I'd wanted to meet already for years. And so for me, it's like an amusement park or, a, or a, a roller coaster ride to have every a, a candy store. But surely, there's an awful lot of. Um Um, office work, a lot of phone calls, a lot of emailing and a lot of people disappointing you. Well not so many people disappointing me luckily Uh, what was great to notice is that everybody who I've contacted they all, and that's all around the world, they all knew Delft and they all really wanted to come some of them just couldn't but the 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 willingness was really very interesting for me to see and very touching also because Delft as a festival and as a town has established really among musicians as well and luckily also with audience but also which is very important that the musicians are happy to come and know they have an attentive audience and and know they're well being well taken care of so it was not hard to I had no persuading to do to get people to come.
0: Because uh, with Lisa Firstman it was very much the emphasis was on violin and you being a, a singer, does that change
2: the bias at all? Well, that's why I immediately choose as a theme for this year's Festival Orpheus to, to really mark my territory in a way, to show, well, now we have no, no wood, no strings leading the way with a singer. And at the same time, whenever I listen to music myself, mostly it is without singing. So I I really didn't want to turn it into a a song or leader festival. No, it is a chamber music festival, and I love chamber music. So for me, it was also a great chance to program pieces I love to hear and love to do, but I can't do because I'm a singer. So we have really, the biggest chunk will be real chamber music without people singing through it. And as usual, I imagine, there has been
0: a a fairly 50-50 mix of classical chamber music and modern and
2: contemporary, is that going to stay much the same? I think so, I haven't done the statistics on it myself but for me it's very important in almost each concert to have uh, have a, a goodie of each side. So we have three world premieres, we have some contemporary music which is not much played in several of the different concerts, we play pieces which are written in the 20th century but not often played since and and also, of course, the wonderful Schubert octet, the foret piano quintet. So really big pieces of the classic core repertoire of chamber music. And also very nice, it's not a discovery, but a piece which is not played at all very often, a beautiful piano quintet by Nicholas Metner. And uh, was a Russian composer, roughly contemporary with Rachmaninoff, who wrote fantastic songs as well and great chamber music. Because I also noticed in the programme, I think unusually, it's a flamenco group. Yes. Well, if you would say that Orpheus, with his lyre, or let's say modernise it, with his guitar and the singing and the singing from the belly, this this primal singing, and then we have this wonderful square, the grote markt here in Delft. And when last year I was here to visit to see, for, well, for which locations am I programming, because that's important to me. And it was then, it was this burning heat, and this huge square and I thought, I, I want flamenco here. So It was very instinctive but also in link with uh, the fact that the, the primal singing, the, 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 the folklore singing which later transformed into classical music, into modern music, into flamenco music is something, a very raw and direct talking and singing side which I appreciate a lot. Is there a, a classical flamenco and a modern flamenco? Well, you have, you have, flamenco really started uh, or became very famous and popular also last century by, by mostly gypsies and by really people from very poor backgrounds who had this, this more ritualistic almost way of singing and performing, not at all. Uh, aimed at a concert practice necessarily, but in the cafes or around funeral services, birthdays, things like that and that developed, that became popular, so now we have also popular spin-offs with pop influences, even with jazz influences, so it, it has taken a much larger scope as well Flamenco, is,
0: I mean I think would really fit in well, because essentially I mean, it's what, two or three guitars, and
2: exactly and, and, uh, and we have a beautiful singer and a beautiful dancer as well, two sisters who will be performing the group is Malasangre and they they are all born in Spain lived for a while in Holland that's how i knew them and now are touring Spain and South America i think for me one of the high spots of um, the
0: festival has been for the last 2 or 3 years is the event at the Lyman Culture um, which is a disused glue factory i think yeah. <laughs> doesn't sound very romantic but it's an it is no, an incredible it's a venue space. Yeah.
2: so what's what's planned there for this year well as a festival is some a place where you can do things slightly out of the ordinary and uh, right it's, it's very dramatic it's not just a, a sit-down concert it, it, there's no. as a performance no it will really will really be a performance and we will Concentrate on a piece by Otmar Schuck Notturno, which I've done in regular concert practice over the years a few times, and which always left me dissatisfied with the way we were able to present it. Not because the music is not great, because it's a fantastic piece, but it's not necessarily immediately like a Schubert recognizable, but it has very many things to say and immediately when I knew I would be programming the festival I thought this is a piece I want to do and for which I want to find a format and a form and and with imagery with a with a regie, with the mise-en-scene without trying to turn it into an opera which it's not but a way to give the audience an access to the piece which in a standard concert performance is slightly more difficult so we have wonderful wonderful pictures by a Dutch young photographer and journalist who is Ruben Terlau who became quite famous in Holland because he made wonderful series about uh, China, Langs de Overs van de Yangtze, beautiful documentary and I asked him to listen to the piece and to not give me his China photos which he is asked for everywhere all the time and I said well if I see you make these wonderful pictures of China and Afghanistan I know you have other pictures but people don't ask you to show us so what's what do you have in your in your cellar or in your attic and inspired by this music what's what's will you come up with and he's come up with really wonderful poetic imagery and the the protagonist the main character in this whole piece is somebody who's obviously suffered a big loss and is trying to get to terms with that and through singing through finding his place in nature and that we link to Orpheus And not to Orpheus in the underworld, but to Orpheus after the underworld, because he has gone down, he has sung, he has tried, but he has failed in a very humane way, because he he didn't have trust, so he looked back at Eurydice and then losing her forever. And for most of us, the story stops there, but he did live on, and he did live on, and he was so depressed and so struck by grief and deception that he didn't want to sing anymore which is something which is very interesting relation to this piece so with some chosen text as well and this we we have a placement and a positioning of the musicians and and great projections of this wonderful imagery i think there can be a very special evening i shall look forward to that the the other thing which i particularly liked last year
0: Was this, um, I don't know what you call it, sort of magical mystery tour where a group of people were taken around
2: town to discover young musicians playing in somebody's garden or something like that. Ah, okay, yeah, well, we have again uh, a a tour with young musicians with prize winners of the, the young musician competitions in the Netherlands, and there will again be, I don't have my hat now because there's so many things going on, so you would have to check which day it is, but there is again a kind of... Well, survival tour, but magical mystery is probably better
0: But, but it is, it's quite long, I think it's four hours, isn't it? And yeah, you go to, th- what, uh, seven, eight, nine
2: venues? Yeah, I think, I'm not sure we have the same number of venues this time, but there is again a tour where you can discover both beautiful places where you wouldn't have access to normally, and beautiful young musicians who, who are really taking off at, at uh, rocket speed. <laughs>
0: Can we talk a little bit about you personally? Because you work around the world in opera and recital, sort of in equal equal proportion.
2: Well, opera, by the nature of it, and then purely practical already, we rehearse six weeks and then we do two weeks of performances. So opera is pretty dominant very quickly. But I try to do not more than four or five productions a year, which is already a lot and then to do as much as many recitals as I can as I can slot in and find.
0: Mm. Do you have a, a preference a recitals or opera?
2: I, I wouldn't want to not do them both because it's really fantastic to be in an opera to really portray and inhabit a character and to be in this huge machine, which is an opera, which is all the technicians, the orchestra of a hundred people, the conductor, the director, the colleagues. And then again, sometimes to just be in a car and arrive at a little church with only a pianist, who is most of the time a good friend, and have a selected audience and just have everything in your own control. Mm -hmm. So no lights, no divas, no distractions and you can make your whole own program and, and on the mini-second mini uh, control everything. That's Be- Because really operas
0: lovely. are just so enormous with 80 musicians or so in the pit and yeah. 100 on stage and God knows how many technicians. Um, I mean, and a lot of the time, if you go in for in, uh, for a guest appearance for a, one or two nights, say in Covent Garden, you virtually have to know
2: the part before you arrive, don't you? Yeah, well, that's... You, the, that we always, I mean, ideally not everybody does, unfortunately. I won't mention any names, but ideally you always really know it as soon as we start rehearsing. But it can have a, a pretty uh, anonymous in-and-out feeling sometimes mm. that you just go on and you meet some people on stage only, which can be very strange, but also can then sometimes give some a great energy because of the spontaneity of it. I pr- prefer to work before. So to be able to rehearse a few weeks and to have a natural feeling.
0: Because you did the famous magic flute with uh, Simon McBurney in Amsterdam and that must have been quite a different way of working. I know opera can be very, very innovative and very, very creative, but I think possibly Simon McBurney takes it to another level.
2: Yeah, and for me that production, we started it in 2012. I've, I've played the same production I think now seven times since because it's been touring all around Europe and we're going to the Metropolitan Opera in a year and a half with it. So it's still continuing. And it really, his approach and his way of working with us physically and reading the text and the music and reacting to it was really a uh, completely new experience for me. He wasn't interested in you just come on left and stand there. Yeah, no. Apparently, he sort of makes it up as he goes along to a certain extent. Well, that's, it's also partly an act, the making up. Uh, but he, but he, will, he will create an atmosphere. I compare it sometimes to Lieutenant Colombo who we all know is very intelligent, but will downplay his intelligence completely and will just ask questions and will just cause mayhem in a way, cause chaos. And then suddenly you find out that Colombo has solved the case and Simon has created a production. Mm. But I think there's more in planning than he lets out. Because, I mean, opera is quite... um
0: in many ways, quite formal and quite one would imagine quite rigid because one is controlled very much by the by the tempo and the and the music and, and, and by the conductor. Was this in any way working with
2: someone like Simon McBurney in any way uh, disconcerting for you or
0: for, not, the, for the other singers? Not
2: for me. I loved it, but for the technical department and for some of the other singers who are very much used to and want to be very much told, no, this is like this and this is like this. It was tricky, and and also it's not every singer's cup of tea and for technical departments to have somebody who says no we're doing this all like this now and we have to change here has to be a wall we're changing the platform etc that can be very challenging. Because I think that the, the set for that was the centerpiece was a sort of
0: platform wasn't it which yeah. went up and down on, yeah, on it wires. was a,
2: In a way it was constructed and designed in in collaboration with an oil rig company So they they used oil rig technology, built a custom-made computer to move this beast around because they had four cables holding on, a I think, a few-ton platform and a steel construction around. So it was quite an investment, obviously, and a risk for the operator to take. But as we see, the opera has been played now three times in Amsterdam. It's gone to London, it's gone to Aix-en-Provence, will probably go to Barcelona as well and to the Met. So it, it has been an investment and a way of working and looking at things, which has really paid off. Did anybody fall off the platform? Once in rehearsal, once in rehearsal. And that was, that was scary and that never happened again. But what we do, and that's also by a production like that, you can't do without rehearsing because it would just be too dangerous. So that we need a few weeks in trying, getting used to the platform. The, the angles can be very steep. So it's uh, nowadays... It, it must be very difficult to actually sing if you're actually having to constantly think about where you're putting your feet or where your body well, balance is. Well funnily enough it helps because it can be very tempting to think a lot about how you sing. and when you're on a stage you need to sing, you need to let go, you need to liberate and being distracted by physical things, being distracted by being on stage or and distracted in a good way so concentrated more can also liberate you enough for the singing. I mean unless obviously you, you fall off the platform but I, the first production ever I did of Magic Flutes was in Nantes in, in France and I had five live pigeons who had 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 to fly around me during my first aria and which I had to put into a cage during my singing which was completely stressful. So I had never caressed a cat before, let alone caught a, a, a pigeon. And I had to feed them every day. I had to, to get them used to me. I would whistle on the Papageno flute to get them used to coming to me. And the thing was what I realized, I would stress about the pigeons, but not about the show. So the first aria went by In a flash, because I was just focusing on hoping that the pigeon wouldn't fly out into the hole. Everybody told me they won't fly into the dark, and I think, well, if I have one uh, very uh, individual pigeon who thinks it's dark, let fly out of there. It's his big moment. It's his big moment. Then I've got a problem, and then I noticed that the area would be gone and done. The pigeons would be in their cage, and I would be completely in the situation and in the scene. So that was also a lesson for me. Distraction or being busy on stage can be very helpful for performing and for singing as well. Because that, for instance, to make the link to recitals can be very difficult. To have no props, just an audience very close, just on yourself, just on your own in the in the in the, in the corner of the piano, that can very much if you're not careful if you don't train it frees you up in a way that you get over stuck in nothing certain, to fall back on yeah nothing to fall back on except the music and the poetry which is the great thing of it but physically it can be challenging
0: hmm. do you have a favorite piece because i, I said i looked at uh, it, uh this video of yours on on YouTube, we're doing Winterreise. Is that very much
2: a signature piece for
0: baritones? It's a bit, a bit like the Four Last Songs for a soprano. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, it's it's, yeah, it's one of the pinnacles. It's one of the things you want to have under your belt. I mean, I I know as soon as I found out when I was about fifteen that Winterreise existed, I thought I want to sing it. So I think I sang it for the first time when I was eighteen, which is in in certain senses way too young. And at the same time, I'm now very happy. That it's already, well, almost 40, 24 years that I'm singing this cycle. Because every time you rediscover every layer of life you experience, you find back in, in, in this core and in these texts. And I'm equally fond of, of Müllerin and Schwanegesang in a very different way. But this, this trilogy of, of song cycles by Schubert is really for me a core of my repertoire and of my way of thinking about, about song and singing.
0: So, Thomas Wallman, thank you very much. Thank you for talking to Arts Talk and um, I should look forward to seeing you
2: uh, singing. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. <laughs>
3: Arts Talk Magazine provides the perfect companion to Arts Talk Radio with reviews and previews in English of cultural events in Holland. Whatever your interest in the arts, our international team of writers will always provide something new and exciting to see online. That's Arts Talk Magazine, all one word.nl. Arts Magazine.nl
1: Arts talk radio online
0: there has always been a crossover an interdependence even between art and architecture architects have a great responsibility as they create much of the world we see around us but they also have a great opportunity to involve and promote art in everything they do. It's Saturday night, and I'm in Rotterdam, at an architectural practice that has taken this principle a step further, and presents dance and other events on
3: the premises. I'm Maurice Neo, I'm an architect, and I have my own office in Rotterdam. That's the be- most beautiful city of Holland. That's the and, and we're the here statement.
0: today because you also have a basement in which you have art installations and events.
3: Yes, I have a basement which is called Neo Basement. And I invite artists to make special work here. But I also have now a dance performance in the basement inspired by the work of one of the artists which is called Sebastiano Bottaro from Rome.
0: From Rome and Italian. Yes. Are you Italian?
3: No, no. I work there. Oh you work there?
0: Because you were telling me earlier that
3: there are how many how many architects in Italy? Uh, I think I th- one million.
0: <laughs> how many in, in, in Holland?
3: I think 20,000 de- 20, now left
0: over. Well, you're much better off here then. <laughs> I think so. so. Is, is your basement here a permanent space for art installations or do you just do things occasionally there?
3: Yes, it's, it's a permanent space for art installations and I like to have uh, each three months a new installation inside, uh, including the performances. Mm. And what other things do you have there? I have, uh, for instance, one nature, environment, contextual uh, installation with uh, plants which were rotting. Downstairs, so it smelled like hell upstairs.
0: Mm. Mm. Because I, I should actually say that, that we're in your office now, your your ground floor office, and one whole wall is covered from floor to ceiling with plants.
2: Yes,
3: eleven by three and a half meters, completely full with plants, alive,
0: not no, artificial. Absolutely, I can see it. it's like yeah. a jungle. Do you have animals in there? Are there snakes and, yeah, yeah. and parrots and things? <laughs> yeah, they, no, it, it looks wonderful. It's a habitat. Yeah, it is. And how long did it take to grow that? I think now I have it seven years. Wow. And are you responsible or does everybody have to get out of the watering can? No, I'm responsible. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. well, thank you very much for that.
1: No, what, what the hell? Oh, we're we're okay.
0: starting. We're starting. Sorry, I'm with Frank Tile, and Frank Tile has one of the leading galleries, commercial galleries in Hi. Rotterdam, for uh, contemporary art. And you're involved in this evening.
1: The uh, the, the, art, the artist, Sebastiano Bottaro, correct, is a ex- young artist from Roma. Uh, uh, he's not an artist that I represent,
0: but, but you do work
1: with him. Uh, we're going to work with uh, him in uh, this. Uh, event that we are going to do on the 30th of August at my gallery uh, as uh, there was an example of uh, what we have experienced today here at the Neo Architects okay. and but do you, do you do a lot of performance work at your gallery? Um, no, actually, uh, because we, you have a very good space
0: there, a very large
1: space, uh, ideal um, for performance. Uh, it, it might be a really nice idea to do more of this, but uh, no, the artists that I represent and the shows that I do, the uh, and and the ideas that we want to portray there, uh, those are leading. So uh, we don't want to uh, push in uh, a performance. Uh, uh, no, the, 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 what the show is about, that we show uh, in the gallery, that that's what's uh, going to be there. Okay. And, uh, so.
0: We've we've been joined very
4: fortuitously
1: hi, hi. by Luca.
4: Rimatori Luca I
0: Can I congratulate you on your Italian accent? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I work so also <laughs> on that one. And so you've <laughs> also forget the, the the ghetto and the slang one. So, um,
4: what's been your part in this evening? Uh, in this evening, I, I, I feel a, a beholder. This is a part that I really love because is uh, the most emotional. Because I need to do this for all the, the, the emotions. And the part that excite me is when I saw for the first time, I watched standing by a part, aside the. Um, the, the creation, the movements, the the sounds, the the taste of the food that the guys prepare, uh, you no, know, with that kind of uh, sound installation so of, in the of the, the food. So in sense
1: everything that that you have yeah, been organizing uh, <laughs> and and producing, uh, how it comes together. Then? Yeah,
4: something that behind the, in the shade, in the in the shadows.
0: Uh, I'm I'm the producer. Can That's you the describe? The, uh, very simply, because we're obviously radio, so it's not ideal. But can you describe very simply what the performance was? The performance was something that was created when the
4: group, when the persons meet themselves for the first times. We worked f- um, two months, three months ago about the, the works of Sebastiano for the, during the, 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 his first uh, vernissage year, his first uh, artist in residency here. And then
1: the thing is that uh, the, 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 why this performance was here today was that uh, uh, Sebastiano Botaro, his work is about time and uh, this is a starting point.
4: And this production is... Uh it's something really, really special, unique? Unique but is it, the but, first. But,
0: but you have the opportunity as architects to, to 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 buy art and use art in your in your buildings. And there's very close cooperation between architecture and art. There's great opportunity for, to bring the two together. Yeah, but uh, the, the
4: opportunity is also about the person. It's not about the art itself. Uh, it, the opportunity is the the connection and the community, uh, developing the network that no. No, I think the, the, the sun, a, yeah. this, this
0: evening was, was, was very, very successful, very exciting. Thank you, Luca, I enjoyed that. I, I, could, I could listen to you all night with your Italian accent. <laughs> <I don't. laughs> OK, thanks very much. Bye. It's
4: developed by Kutsi.
0: <laughs> I'm at the Neo basement in Roshdam and I've been talking to architects Maurice Neo, Luca Rimatori, and gallery owner Frank Tal. Arts Talk Radio Online. Interviews and features on the arts in English. Well, that's all we have time for for this edition of Arts Talk Radio. We'll be back soon, so please hit the subscribe button and you'll be sure not to miss anything. And if you have any comments, we'd be pleased to hear from you. My name is Michael Hasted, and so until the next time, it's goodbye. Goodbye.